Hey, welcome back, folks, to another episode of Murphy's Law Shorts. I'm your host, Chris Murphy. Last week, we spoke about adverse effects from the injection, and I was asked to clarify what I meant by injection. I'm referring to the COVID uh, vaccines that have been given over the last few years. I refuse to call them vaccines because they neither stop transmission nor do they stop uh, infection. So I am referring to them as injection, and if uh, that was confusing to you, my apologies, but going forward, if you hear injection, those are what I'm referring to. This week, I want to give you some food for thought. Um, this week, Pfizer's executive, Janine Small, under questioning from the EU Member of Parliament, Rob Roos, says, no, there was no testing if the Pfizer shot stopped transmission of COVID-19. You hear that? No. Despite what health officials and government officials say, and I refuse to call them leaders, by the way, I call them officials, but despite what they've said for the past two years, it does not stop transmission. Janine Small continues that they had to move at the speed of science. Now, I'm an engineer, so I know what the speed of sound is, I know what the speed of light is, but I've never heard of the speed of science. But if you allow me, let me interject a definition of what I think it is. So what do you think if I said the speed of science is a time-limited distribution of data and information that has either been proven or disproven through experimentation? Basically meaning you can't make claims until they've been proven and you can only claim what has been proven. How does that sound to you? So if you accept my definition, it appears then that they exceeded the speed of science by distributing claims that were unproven, also known as spreading disinformation, which is another fancy way of saying lying. They lied to you. They all lied to you. Something I've been saying for the last two years. But let's now move on to the FDA. For all new drugs, policy matters, and vaccinations, etc., the FDA uses an advisory committee to seek independent expert advice from a wide spectrum of representation. And I'd like to discuss two examples that to me are concerning, two recent examples. So the Pfizer injection was subject to this hearing as well, just like all other drugs and all other policy matters. And I watched one of them when they were seeking approval for the injection for ages 5 to 12-year-olds. And I was astonished to hear of their approval. Basically, they assessed the benefits versus the risks in that age group and voted 17 to 0 with one abstention. When I saw this, I could not believe it. And let me tell you why. In boys aged 5 to 12... And this is after we already knew about the myocarditis risk. Given the injection would prevent one death and would result in zero deaths from myocarditis, and that's out of a million. So one death out of a million prevented versus zero death out of a million from myocarditis and from myocarditis alone. Giving the injection would prevent 67 ICU hospitalizations and would result in 57 ICU hospitalizations due to myocarditis alone. Giving the injection 
would prevent 203 hospitalizations due to COVID and would have 154 hospitalizations due to myocarditis alone. I've repeated myocarditis alone because they examined only myocarditis and we know there are many more adverse events from a result of this injection. So let me ask you, did you know this when you chose to inject your son or your daughter with this injection? Were you given this information? I would suspect they didn't tell you. So what that means is that you did not have informed consent. In fact, Dr. Paul Offit, in a different FDA advisory meeting for a different age group, voices his opinion on Twitter today. Have a listen to this. The benefits of this vaccine outweigh the risks. I didn't see the benefits. We really need much better data, I think, before we move forward on this. And I can only hope that it's coming because I feel very strongly about my no vote there. In fact, the only reason I voted no was because hell no was not a choice. And it just... um surprised me that we were willing to go forward with this with such scant evidence of benefit. I think that the phrase that I used was uncomfortably scant. So you just sort of felt like the fix was in a little bit here. Maybe that's not the right phrase, but it was something that, that they wanted. And I felt like we were being led here and with, that, with, with a, a critical lack of information. Right now, they're saying that we should trust mouse data, and I don't think that should ever be true. I, I don't think you should ever ask tens of millions of people to get a vaccine based on mouse data. And there's no public data on that yet. What's more, for these fall booster shots, the FDA is not consulting with Dr. Offit and the rest of the Independent Vaccine Advisory Committee. The reason to consult us is because when you do that, when you, you consult us, that's open to the public. So we'll get then all the data from the two companies, which then is available to the public. By not doing that, by simply saying we don't need that advice, what they're also saying is we're not going to be transparent about what we have to the American public. And I just think that's not fair. If you clearly have evidence of benefit, um, great. But if you don't, clearly don't have evidence of benefit, then, then say no. So did you hear that? Booster shots based on mouse data, and if they avoid the advisory panel, then the information can remain private. Unbelievable. So that's a case where evidence didn't point to approval, but it was given anyways. Now let's address a case concerning a drug called aducanumab, designed to treat Alzheimer's disease. Well, during that advisory committee review, there was unanimous 11-0 dissent rejecting the drug for use. Well, seemed only rational for the FDA to approve its use despite the unanimous dissent, and so that's exactly what they did. So if you see this drug out on the market somewhere, aducanumab, it was unanimously rejected by the FDA Advisory Committee, but approved by the FDA for use nonetheless. Finally, in case you weren't aware... Pfizer is also the proud recipient of the nation's largest criminal and civil fine in history for $2.3 billion for, get this, false advertising, i.e. making claims for something the drug had not yet been approved. So, I hope in light of our previous episode and this information here that you received today, that you exercise caution in your future health care. It wasn't too long ago 
that there was almost a united front that Big Pharma can't be trusted. What happened, I wonder, over the past two years? Maybe it was a propaganda campaign. Who knows? Anyways, that's it for this show. Please like and share. Comment if you agree. Hey, comment if you disagree. Let us know what you think. And consider in the future listening to one of those dissenting voices that might be in your own immediate family. They might have a point. Anyways, until next time, stay informed and stay free.